Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the McFarland Spartans, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the Monona Gulf Silver Eagles. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, the Forest Norskies, Pointe Pumas, and Lodi Blue Devils. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have the Sun Prairie Schools, Marshall, and Waterloo. All right. Well, exciting times because we are officially rolling through uh, the regular season of the high school football season. And I'm going to be honest, it's playing out just like last year. So if you want recaps of stuff, you just go back to last year's podcast, (laughs) listen to it, and it's basically going to be exactly like it because they played the exact same teams and basically everything happened like last year. (laughs) But a little bit different of uh, games, though, I will say. A couple of different uh, results. Some teams played good, some maybe not so well. But, Ryan, it was rivalry week for you. You sure were was. you were over in Waterloo and Marshall. One, you got a nice compliment on the podcast as well too. Was it from a Waterloo or Marshall fan? It was a pair of Marshall parents. I'm sorry I didn't catch you guys' names, but I appreciate. Uh, they came up to me post game and they're like, "Hey, we appreciate the podcast." I was like, "It's good to cool. know that one of our four <laughs> listeners is <laughs> vocal enough about liking it." So I I really appreciate it. Yes, that. one, we're glad that Marshall ended up getting the win. Then I'm sure you know the fine yep. folk of Waterloo like this podcast as well too. But you know, maybe. Maybe be a little bit more vocal about it, I guess. But, yeah, uh, glad you had your uh, camera, I'm sure, probably fully charged because it looked like you got a lot of highlights to catch on Twitter because it was a very high-scoring game. Yeah, you know, last year I opted to go to the Sun Prairie East-West game because, you know, obviously it was the first one in history. And, um, you know, it was in Waterloo. I couldn't take videos out there because I didn't. I don't have connection. And it ended up being a good call because Marshall won that game 42-0 to last year. And so, obviously, I was hoping for a better game this time around. And, you know, so much of that Waterloo core turned from juniors into seniors. And, you know, with that experience came a much better game, 59-38 to in favor of Marshall. Mm. What a what a fantastic game. And, you know, to score 38 points and lose by multiple touchdowns is pretty hard to do in high school football. But Marshall scored legitimately almost every time they touched the ball. I think outside of the second quarter ending, was the only possession that didn't end in a touchdown for Marshall. And, you know, so much of that was, you know, senior fullback slash running back Matthew Modell. 24 carries, 291 yards, (laughs) three touchdowns. (laughs) Um, He broke one that was for 62 yards. He broke one that was for 50-something as well. Um, The the kid was on fire all night, just nothing too special, right up the gut, and he was gone every time. Um Another perfect game from sophomore quarterback Brady Kleinheins uh, continues his no interception streak this season up to five games and two touchdowns, zero picks. That makes it 11 touchdowns, zero picks for the season on seven attempts. He completed five of them. Um, you know, it just so much efficiency there. And uh, another massive shout out to Braden Klubertans, the kind of the running mate alongside Modal. He kind of broke out last year when Modal was injured, but you know, obviously when Modal starts just gashing Waterloo's defense. They start to uh, focus in on him. Braden Kluvertans comes in and gets 70 yards and a touchdown himself and has a good uh, good in, impact through the passing game as well. Kind of, you know, Coach Matt Kleinheins and the rest of the coaching staff keying in on different opportunities for them to score outside of just give it to the best player on the field, which, which is Matthew Modell. But a lot of credit goes out to Waterloo as well. They were Ready to roll with the punches there. Obviously, Marshall started out hot with a 22-8 lead by the end of the first quarter, but Waterloo was truly never out of this. Uh, quarterback Cal Hush threw a pair of touchdowns, uh, also rushed for one, the inaugural touchdown of the game. It was really tight early on. Th- uh, 
before Marshall got a couple of quick scores at the end of the first quarter, for mo for most of the early portion of the game, it was eight eight straight up. Uh, Waterloo almost got a stop. Marshall had to squeak out a fourth down conversion to to keep their second drive going. Uh, Dakota Sturgill and Trevor Ferrari both with rushing touchdowns as well. Um, you know this rivalry game doesn't get much better than this. I mean, uh, great turnout by the Waterloo crowd. Great um, great effort from these guys. You know, at the end of the day. Uh, it, it has to feel good to not get a 42 nothing shutout uh, thrown against you. And, you know, this this obviously has to hurt a little bit for Waterloo. They saw this as the year where they could get it done against Marshall. But they're the number six team in, in D6 this year. This is, you know, a special Marshall roster among what is typically, what are typically special Marshall rosters. So, <laughs> you know, no shame in this loss for Waterloo, but now it's all about rebounding for Palmyra Eagle and securing not only second place in the conference, but good standing for the playoffs because, you know, I, I believe in Waterloo as, as a potential threat in the, in the playoffs as well still. If it says nothing else but hanging 38 points on this Marshall defense, which had been very, very stingy up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, playoffs at this point, you got to bounce back. Decent Suburban still a pretty tough conference. You can't hang your head. Uh, yeah, definitely will, expect Waterloo to, you know, potentially make a run in the playoffs as well, too. Yeah, I will not be watching either of those teams this Friday with Marshall playing Dodgeland and Waterloo playing Palmyra. I see a couple, uh, much like the Marshall-Waterloo game from last year, a couple 42 nothings coming up this week. <laughs> a couple of opportunities for some JV kids to get oh, in yeah. and shine yeah. on that spotlight. Um, but also, too, uh, I guess speaking of blowouts, uh, which is sad news <laughs> if you're a Sun Prairie West fan, but good news if you're a Sun Prairie East fan, because it looks like uh, second year, another victory for some Prairie East Cardinals over the Wolves. Yeah, you know, coming into this game, I really hyped it up as it will be better than last year, and it technically was. Sun Prairie West or Sun Prairie West lost by forty-seven <coughs> last year, and now it's thirty-three because <laughs> Sun Prairie East <laughs> wins forty to seven. Um, the exact same situation as last year. Just you can kind of tell it's a program that's a little bit deeper, a little bit more experienced versus a, a program that's only in year two. While Sun Prairie West was off that huge win against Milton, just not enough offense to keep up with Sun Prairie East, especially when you spot them an early touchdown. So Sun Prairie East takes the opening kickoff. Uh, Drew Kavanaugh runs in a 10-yard touchdown. What you'd expect from Sun Prairie East. They, they tend to strike quickly against you know teams that aren't McGuanago or Wanakee. <laughs> um, but then immediately on the next possession, uh, Sun, Prairie, or Sun Prairie West quarterback Brady Rhodes uh, attempts a swing pass out to his right off the guy's shoulder pad, and it's a live ball. Uh, the West kids weren't quite ready for that. Uh, East senior uh, linebacker Curtis Johnson jumps on in the end zone. All of a sudden, it's 14-0. to You spotted them a free one against a team that's already going to get theirs when it comes offensively. And so Sun Prairie West is, is forced to throw a lot more passes than usual. We joked earlier about how much the Wolves kind of rely on the rushing attack, and it's like, yeah, Brady Rhodes has only attempted like 32 passes through four weeks. He threw 36 in this game. So with that early touchdown, Wes has kind of just thrown off their game plan right away. And so Rhodes attempts 36 passes with 14 completions, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, whereas Kavanaugh is kind of able to get back into his usual rhythm, kind of uh, harkens back to the Monona game and maybe even the Beaver Dam game. Three touchdowns, zero picks, just kind of very efficient football. Because the the, run, the rushing attack, Sunbury West did do a good job of holding that in check of East, but it was just kind of a consistent grind grind them out, kind of always getting touchdowns type thing. And West West offense just could never get 
cooking enough. But I do have to give a shout out to the Wolves for their one touchdown because it was a sick one. Right as the second half is en- or the first half is ending, Ro- Roach kind of dials up a prayer down the field to Ian Ackley, good guy to try to get the ball to if you need a touchdown. <laughs> he makes the tackle, but you know, safeties are ready for it. They're closing on, in on him about the five. As he's getting tackled, just pitches it back to Caden Updike, who's standing <laughs> there. He walks in, and so you know this miracle touchdown at the at the end of the uh, second quarter. But it's still twenty-seven to seven in favor of Sun Prairie East. It's not like this was like a you know, it'll, here comes the comeback. But it was a, a cool way to get on the board, prevent the shutout for the second straight year. And, you know, for Sun Prairie West, it's not going to get any easier. Now they got to go to Wanakee and then host Beaver Dam and then host DeForest. So it's kind of a similar situation <laughs> to last year where they started 3-0 and and then it was like, well, welcome to the Badger Large. Now it's start 4-0 and and it's like, welcome to the toughest part of the Badger Large yeah. Conference. That's... Um, Whereas it, it's almost the opposite for Sunbury East, whereas it's the exact same, exact same stretch as they had last year where they were just bludgeoning other teams. And so it starts with the Sunbury West game, and now they have uh, Oregon at home, at Milton, Watertown at home, and then Stoughton. Sunbury East is going to – I don't see another loss on the schedule for them, whereas for Sunbury West it's like, whew, we got to pick our battles here and try, <laughs> try and get one or two more wins on the on the board and – try and get into the playoffs yeah i always like keeping a close eye on milton with just knowing uh you know a couple people from the area they like asking you know hey what do you think about milton football and i look and i'm like well they're still trying to get into the playoffs uh let's see who they got left on their standings oh wanna key and sun for east <laughs> all right that's gonna be a little tough red hawks but yep. you know hey you never <laughs> yeah. know uh but i guess speaking of wanna key peter can't believe i'm saying this but the warriors get another victory yeah it's a, it's a broken record <laughs> um you know, they, they keep on dominating. Uh, I believe the final score, I didn't write it down, but I think it was like 69-7 to 7 or something like that. Just, it was uh, a lot. It was a lot, key, yeah. Little for <laughs> yeah. 69-7. to 69-7, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, 34 points in the yeah. first quarter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, the numbers are just astounding. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, you know, really, the story of the season, I mean, is that they're good on all three levels, but that defense is really ferocious. I mean, they nearly recorded their third straight shutout, um, fourth quarter touchdown, halted a run of 11 consecutive scoreless quarters. And that defense is good on all three levels, from the line to the linebackers to the secondary, just all functioning as a unit and playing at peak efficiency. You know, they Watertown came in. Uh, you know, not with a great record, but, uh, you know, with kind of a high-flying passing game. But yep. uh, Wanakee just grounded it. They held him to 103 passing yards. Reese Camrith completed 10 out of t- 29 attempts. Um, so uh, there wasn't much going for uh, Watertown until a uh, fourth-quarter touchdown. And then on offense, uh, the Warriors are just as balanced. Um, they rushed for 201 yards and threw for 210 uh, ben Lindley and Sullivan Scadden combined for 123 rushing yards on just 11 carries, and uh, they combined for five touchdowns. And then uh, you go to the quarterback, Vance Johnson, talk about efficiency, seven for eight, <laughs> tossing two touchdowns. So, uh, you know, really, I mean, Wanick, he just has it all rolling. Um, there's not much to say besides that. I mean, they yeah. are steaming into, you know, the second half of the season looking like, you know, they've got a real shot at uh, going all the way. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things, you know, we kind of chatted a little bit a little bit about before coming on this podcast about, you know, Wanakee being a state team. 
I would low-key kind of want to go to the state, assuming, you know, they make it that far, which I'm sure every coach loves me being, like, halfway through the regular season. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when you guys are at state. state yeah. you know? Cause just because it's like, you know, we know about all these guys that Wanaki yeah. has, mm-hmm. but, like, their stats don't look that great just because, you know, they're not playing full games. So right. I kind of want to go see, you know, what a Robert Booker looks like yeah. in person, you know. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, getting deep into the playoffs would be, like, the opportunity to see it. So. Yeah. Uh, excited to see what happens, you know, when Wanaki does make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got three conference wins so far, right? Or is it? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I I, I would bet my house that they're yeah. going to get one more extra playoff yeah, win. Yeah, I think so. I think play. they've got a good shot. I feel <laughs> yeah. kind of confident. Yeah, let's see if they can find one against Sun Prairie West. Oregon, Milton, and Beaver Dam. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to a see. Gabe Clatless Beaver Dam. Let's we'll yeah, see if right, they can figure right. it out. Uh, and so I guess another team, though, Peter, that uh, is starting to roll in the right direction and kind of follow the script from last year is the DeForest Norskis. <laughs> yeah, that we t- it's so funny how everything is just following the same script. Like you said, DeForest last year started 0-3. Yep. And they reeled <laughs> off seven straight wins. What do they do this year? Again, tough non-conference schedule, facing Wanakee early on. So they go 0-3, and of course there's a lot of hand-wringing, but now Forrest has won two straight, and they appear to have righted the ship. Um, you know, new quarterback uh, Matt, Max Mitchell, you know, he's getting better every week. He's settling in. He completed 14 of 20 passes for 204 yards and a touchdown, uh, which went to uh, tall tight end uh, Jackson Aquarty, you know, uh, one of his favorite weapons. Um, and then Jalen Carter and uh, Mitchell both ran for scores in the game. Um, they got up early 21 to 6. Um, and then, you know, kind of had to hold on a little bit the rest of the way as, uh, you know, uh, Stoughton got a little closer. But they ended up winning 31 to 21 for their second win of the year. Um, you know, they've got a, a good, good, solid defense, an offense that's, you know, growing, seemingly getting better every week. It's really following the script from last year. Yeah, 100%. And then they face the Monona Grove Silver Eagles this week, I believe. So that should be um, an exciting contest because that's kind of two teams that, like, they're both kind of looking to, you know, get that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, playoff win secure so that way, you know, you don't have to worry so much. The Monona Grove, uh, they went on the road to Mount Horeb this week. Uh, Actually kind of a tight contest uh, going up against the number two ranked team in Division Three. Uh, Cal Moreau threw a couple touchdown passes, including one to himself, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. Uh And something where I had to text Coach Beckwith. I was like, was that an error or was that like, uh, you know, he actually caught it. And he's like, yeah, it was off a defensive lineman tip drill. So, you know, kind of like the whole Brett Favre catching his first yeah. career pass, you know, threw it, caught it, and ran in for a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Gavin uh, Habowitz, uh ran for a couple touchdowns as well, too. Uh, you know, just... Mount Horeb very strong offensively, and you know that was kind of the one point I thought this year Monona Grove was going to kind of struggle with. Uh, and they've had some good moments, but this was kind of one of those games where I was like, "This can be a tough matchup," and it was as Mount Horeb put up forty four points, I believe, uh, against the Silver Eagles. So you know they get a loss there. So uh, you know trying to find a way to bounce back. Uh, you know, this week against the Forest, it'll be, you know, I expect that to be a really good contest. I was debating really hard between do I go to Cambridge versus Horicon, uh, Houstonford, or Monona Grove versus the Forest. I decided to go with Cambridge. So, you know, Peter, you know, my condolences for not getting you a photo <laughs> for that. Um, That's all right. But it, I think that should be a really fun game. You know, if 
you know, that one I was like, God, both these are, you know, going to be two teams fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. I, you know, I could see both teams getting a playoff spot, but it's yeah. just when I look at Monona Grove, you know, like last year, I was able to look and be like, oh, you know, maybe they'll get a win against Portage, you know, Sauk Prairie. But this year, it's a lot more improved. Like, Sauk Prairie looks to yeah. be a lot more improved. Uh, Portage looks to be, you know, more improved as well, too. So, you know, you got to find a way to get three wins to get on the bubble. Right now, they only have one so far. So, you know, uh, Pressure's, I don't, I don't want to say pressure's ticking a little bit, mm-hmm. but, you, you know, you, you got to find a way to get yeah. a win here pretty yeah. soon. And it should be interesting. I, I, I should have mentioned earlier, too, but uh, it's it does seem like there's a receiver for DeForest who kind of emerges every week. And this week it was uh, Anthony Glenn who had a breakout performance with five catches for 115 receiving yards. So um, it, it just seems like uh, you kind of pick your poison there. But, uh, you know, DeForest has that kind of going. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And, I, you know, I guess another team following the exact same script as DeForest uh, is McFarland. So, again, both teams start out 0-3 last year. And guess what? They're starting to get some conference <laughs> wins. It's kind of funny how that, like, all worked out. Uh, so, yeah, McFarland, you know, like Peter said with DeForest, very, very tough non-conference schedule. You know, Spartans start off 0-3, you know, three straight blowouts. They get a win against Jefferson. And then they go on the road to Delvandarian, and they get another win, just like last year. Uh, it's funny how that works out. But, yeah, uh, last week against Jefferson, you know, Andrew Malley recorded the first 100 rushing yard uh, performance of the season for the Spartans. This week they now get two as Malley ran for over 100 yards and Braylon Roder as well, too, uh, on a couple of scrambles as well, too. You know, I talked with Coach Ackley about it afterwards. You know, he had said, you know, Roder's not like the most like dual threat quarterback, but a lot of it comes from you know uh, picking an opportunity to scramble on a passing situation. If you got all those guys running downfield, you're going to have some lanes open up, and so he was able <laughs> to take advantage of that, score on some touchdowns, and so uh, the rushing touchdown, and then also through two passing touchdowns, I believe as well too. One I want to say to Blake Bernhardt, and then the other one, uh, 56 yard uh, touchdown pass to Remy Burns. Remy Burns on that four uh, by two hundred uh, state relay team. I always get it confused. I want to say it's the four by two hundred that won the championship. They both qualified in both ones, <laughs> and like they're both basically the same relays. Like they got fast kids on that roster. Good problem right? to have. Which one only went to state, and which one won the whole? Yeah, thing? yeah. They're both extremely fast. So no shocker that Remy Burns uses his speed to get behind the defense and catch a touchdown pass. Also, to the Spartans, uh, record an interception on defense, uh, took it back for a touchdown. I want to say the kid's name was Ethan Bierman. I didn't write down anything before coming on this podcast. I apologize for my lack of prep. <laughs> Bad host. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. Uh, but, yeah, so McFarlane, I think just the biggest thing is if, you know, they're starting to find their footing a little bit on the offensive line, you know, the offense is becoming more balanced. Like, they're figuring some things out. They get Edgerton this week, which I'm sure will be a close battle. It looks like Edgerton has a pretty solid quarterback. Uh, And so if they get a win there, they are technically playoff eligible because East Troy forfeited, uh, you know, uh, their season. So right now McFarland's technically already on the bubble. So, you know, (laughs) that gives me a potential lead for a story next week if McFarland gets, you know, the win against Edgerton. You know, hey, they have. Playoff confirmed. Yeah, one, yeah. one of the first teams to punch the tickets <laughs> to the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of teams that uh, are dealing with, you know, forfeits and everything like that, Lodi was going to face Bigfoot uh, yeah. this week, but they mm-hmm. are now facing Milwaukee Academy of Science, I want to yes. say. Yes, 
That is oh, who they're playing. Yeah. The Novas. Um, yeah. The Novas. Yeah, exactly. One of the nice. coolest nicknames. Wow. Yeah. Wait, the Novas? They're the Novas. Novas. Oh, I do. Yeah, it's like Villanova, basically. But Why didn't they just go with Supernovas, though? That would have been way cool. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> a star literally bursting. Right. That's yeah, such right. a good. I hope Lodi now rolls against yeah. this team. When Marshall basketball made it to state, uh, my, my second, or yeah, second year here, uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science also made it, and I, like just seeing the team, I was like, "Uh oh!" And then I saw that their nickname was the Novas. I was like, "Double uh oh!" They're cool <laughs> and they're huge. <laughs> well, it should should be interesting. Uh, I know what David Pohl says they're a very fast team that throws the ball a lot, so it could be exciting. All right, and then uh, who did uh, Lodi face uh, this week? Well, uh, Lodi uh, played Edgewood. Um, and they keep rolling. Um, they blanked uh, Edgewood uh, 24 to nothing last week. Second straight shutout uh, for Lodi's defense, uh, which is, you know, another great unit that seems to be good on every level, kind of like uh, Juana Keys. Um, they held the Crusaders to 91 yards of total offense. Uh, defensive lineman Henry Keppen, who posted on X just today that he's committed to play for UW Eau Claire. Okay. Um, so that's cool. But he had a he had a really nice game as a lineman. Um, he got five tackles and a sack uh, in the game. So um, you know, kudos for him. Uh, he he's a big part of that defense. Um, again, though, uh, dual threat quarterback Mason Lane, another big day. Seems to be another broken record there. Yeah, he's right. just good in every phase. Are you, know. you just starting to copy and paste? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, maybe that's what I should do. <laughs> Only the stats are different. You know, he, he threw for 146 yards and a touchdown. Then he rushed for 109 yards on 12 carries. So uh, another great day um, for him. Uh, Kyler Clemens uh, seems to be kind of their other feature back, although they also have Brady Poles there too. Um, but uh, he got 82 yards on 11 carries, and uh, you know. But it was it was an interesting game because after a strong opening drive, Lodi kind of hit a lull on offense, and Coach Poles said they were committing too many mistakes. Um, but they got a field goal just before halftime uh, to go up by two scores, and then they added uh, two uh, touchdowns in the second half um, to kind of pull away. But, uh, you know, it, it was a close game for a while, but it doesn't seem like uh, they were threatened too much. So uh, Lodi just keeps rolling along. They're headed, you know, for that showdown with Columbus that's coming up later. Awesome and that is going to be an awesome I'm game. assuming that's the one you kind of got marked on the calendar yes. where it's yes. like, all right. I am going Have to, to be clearing my schedule. All four quarters. Yep. <laughs> there will be no running to other schools. No, there will be that. I'm sitting down. Yeah, but that one. And you grab yourself yeah. some popcorn and a soda. And yeah, watch right. Up, and exactly. watch these two teams yeah. absolutely yeah. go at each exactly. other. That should be exciting. Also, too, kind of interesting to see Edgewood kind of struggle a little bit in the capital. When they moved yeah. from the Rock Valley, I thought they were going to, you know, they rolled through the Rock Valley pretty good. And then. Yeah. Everything happened with, you know, them getting booted from the playoffs with the, you know, oh, right. forfeit and everything mm-hmm. like that. And ever since then, they've kind of struggled, so it's been kind yeah. of interesting to see what happened there. I know Coach Poole said they were, they were young this year, okay. but talented. So I'm sure for them in a year or two to, you know. Edgewood of, finds you know. a way to get some good kids. Yep. So, yeah, yep. we'll just say that. And then, uh, yeah, I was in Deerfield this week, uh, so I – just wanted to apologize uh, to, before I get into this because I had kind of, you know, shot my mouth off on the podcast last week where I was like, oh, their schedule should be coming up a little bit easier because Cambria Friesland was 0-2 in conference. Not looking at, you know, them being a state-ranked team. I probably should have, you know, expected that a little bit more. 
Deerfield had some positive moments. I thought Austin Anderson uh, had a deep pass to Zach Hansen for about a 40-yard gain. If Zach Hansen, you know, was able to stay in bounds by about half an inch more, that would have put mm-hmm. Deerfield up, you know, 7 nothing, and who knows what would have happened there. But that drive, unfortunately, stalled out. But story of this game, Austin Anderson took a lot of hits, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. on offense. Cambria Friesland was in the backfield a lot. You know, mm-hmm. when I talk to Coach Swieger about it, and one thing I really like about Swieger is he always takes accountability for any loss. He's like, hey, I didn't put the kids in a good enough job or, you know, my scheme wasn't good, you know, which I always do appreciate because, you know, if it was me, I would 100% would have just thrown those kids under the bus. <laughs> right, but, like, I'm saving my own skin. But Swigger every week is like, you know, hey, this is what we got to get better at, and that's on me as a head coach. Um, but, yeah, they they were in the backfield a lot. But, you know, credit to Austin Anderson. He took a bunch of hits not only on offense but then as a starting linebacker as well, too. With the Hilltoppers strong run game, had to take a lot of hits as well, too. And when I talked to Coach Swieger about it afterwards, he said he's one of the toughest kids I've ever coached. Top two or three. Uh, so, yeah, Cambria Friesland was able to pour it on in the second half. Uh, you know, Deerfield was able to get some stops, but just one, the running game kind of, you know, just took over. And it was one of those just basically turned into a fight where it's just you take blow after blow after blow. You know, you're just going to start seeing the form for the tackling kind of go down. That's kind of what happened. Um, and then they put in their JV kids at the end, and the JV kids had a couple nice runs. So Savante Thomas had a nice run, uh, was able to get some running yards at the end, and then uh, Cameron uh, Bayer, or Bayer, I want to say as well, too, uh, had a cu- couple nice runs as well, too. When I asked Coach Swieger about it, he was like, you know, happy to see those kids get in. Sometimes they don't always get their reps, but it's tough. You know, it's a tough game when you have to start off talking about the JV kids first, <laughs> and so yep. that was kind of <laughs> what had happened this week. But, hey, they get um, – St. Mary Catholic, I want to say it is, this week. And I think that will be a little bit more closer of a game. St. Mary only has one win so far. Uh, and I think it's kind of like the same uh, offensive style. They throw the ball a little bit more. So it's kind of nice, you know, when you get to the lower levels where, you know, you have a passing attack. And, mm-hmm. uh, so let's we'll see what happens there. Hopefully they have some kids recover from injuries because I know they had a couple kids leave uh, the game last week, which was, you know, just made it even more tougher mm-hmm. uh, for them. So hopefully the Demons get a bounce-back win. Uh, and then, Peter, your last team that we got is uh, the Pumas. They unfortunately yeah. took the loss this week, it looks like. Yeah, they played uh, South Central Conference leaders, uh, Adams Friendship, on the road. Oof. Um, so uh, that was a tough, uh, tall order for them to go yeah. in there and beat them. They uh, lost 40-14. to 14. Big problem for Poinette, uh giving up the big plays. They gave up four scoring plays more than 50 yards mm. uh, in the game. So, uh, And uh, it doesn't get any easier for them this week because they got Mostyn, who oh, Coach uh, Craig Kalunji called explosive. <laughs> so uh, that, that could be a problem. Um, uh, quarterback Ashton Meister, he's... He's coming in into his own. Um, he completed eight of twelve passes for eighty six yards and a score in the loss. And uh, you know, receivers Vance Hathaway and Bryce uh, Fry combined for six catches and sixty five yards. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's been a it's been tough sledding. Um, they, I think they've been trying to figure out different you know lineups and stuff like that and different uh, ball carriers. So um, they're still kind of feeling their way. Um, you know, they're to make the playoffs, they'd have to go on quite the run here to, to make it. But uh, um, we'll see. They did get that forfeit, so that, that does help them. But, uh, um, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a, a tough road to the playoffs for them. Yeah, that's kind of the same way where uh, Deerfield's at as well, too, because it's like they've got, you know, St. Mary Catholic and Fall River, but then also Tucson, which is in between it is Johnson Creek. 
and Lawrence Academy. But that's what's fun about high school sports. You never know. You got to go out and play the game, yep. and you never know what will happen. So uh, the last team that I have to talk about is Cambridge Blue Jays. They uh, they rolled to a victory over Dodgeland. The scoreboard a little bit closer than what the game actually was. Cambridge was up, I think, 48 nothing at one point, and then they put in their JV kids, who I think were going up against Dodgeland's varsity. But, you know, that's a good uh, learning curve for uh, those kids. And when I talked with uh, Coach Rob Nellis about it, Afterwards, he said this was kind of like the perfect game for us because they, you know, had that tough overtime loss against Waterloo where some kids got banged up. Yeah. They had some kids that were able to go, but also, too, they were able to get them out the game right away. So they were able to, you know, kind of rest and recover. Matt Buckman threw five touchdown passes, you know, against Dodgeland last year. I think he threw four. So, you know, he loves playing against Dodgeland. So, <laughs> um, yeah, five touchdowns there, almost through for 300 yards. Kiefer Parrish had a couple touchdowns. Uh, Drew Holshooter had one. And then Kyle Polster, I want to say, uh, running back as well, too, had a couple touchdowns as well, too. So, yeah, uh, Cambridge firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, they get Horicon, which, you know, big game this week. Because, Keep your eyes on that game. Yeah, that's mm. a, that is a game I am going to. Oh, uh, good call. Yes, and when I, when I, <laughs> when I uh, uh, talked with the – Kevin Wilson, the person in charge of the Watertown Daily Times, he said, you know, hey, this is going to be, uh, should be a good game. Watertown, or Horicon, Husaford's got like a balanced attack, especially passing as well, too. So They gave Marshall a hell of a run for their money. Yeah, Ooh. and especially if you're Cambridge, you want to win this game as well, too, because yeah. that gets you on the playoff bubble because then you have Marshall next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or at one point. And then also Marquezanne and Clinton. So, you know, teams that have given them fits before. So you want to get these Cambridge wins should now. beat Marquezanne. Clinton will be a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll see. What happens? Like I said, it's high school sports. You got to play the game. You got to suit up. They're not allowed to be like, yeah, you know, you're Wanaki. You know, you'll roll. You got to play the game. So, you know, we'll see what happens this week, and we're excited to see what happens uh, as we continue towards the playoffs. So, for my colleagues, Ryan and Peter, my name is Callahan Steed. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.